Welcome to the Stress to the Nines AM edition. For the next few weeks, we will be studying the book of Revelation in all its mystery and glory. So stick around and join us. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Stress to the Nines. It is Wednesday, June the 16th, as we continue our journey through the book of Revelation. When we closed yesterday, we heard that the second woe had ended and the third woe is coming. There's quite a lot of conversation about where exactly the third woe is because it doesn't necessarily appear to be evident as we move forward in the book of Revelation. So who knows what was going on? These old books, who can say? But we're going to move forward anyway, third woe or not, as we wrap up chapter 11 today with verses 15 through 19. The scene is shifting from wrath being poured out upon the earth, from the destruction and resurrection of God's church and prophets, to a moment of worship. So let's hear what John has to say to us today from his book of Revelation, chapter 11, verses 15 to 19. Good morning, Cheryl. Let's listen to our passage. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. Then the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, singing, We give you thanks, Lord God Almighty, who are and who were, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath has come and the time for judging the dead, for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and all who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple, and there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Who knew that the kingdom of heaven was very much like Arkansas in the springtime? Flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of, of thunder, heavy hail. All we're missing is the earthquake. Anyway, that's an aside. One thing that's interesting here is we continue to get a more evolved picture of John's vision of heaven. One of the things that's remarkable here is the presence of the temple and the Ark of the Covenant in heaven. For Jewish people and Jewish Christians, there was a strong belief that the Ark and the temple here on earth were duplicates of their more perfect versions which existed in heaven. By the time John wrote Revelation, by the time he experienced this, both the temple and the Ark were gone. The temple had been destroyed by the Romans in 70 CE, and the Ark had been missing for some time. So this idea that they would be present in the kingdom of heaven was something that fulfilled the promises of God. They're tangible manifestations of God's promises in our world and in our lives. Today, we don't really think about the temple or about the ark, but we do think about those things which are echoes of the kingdom of heaven in our world today. And that's where I want to go back. The 24 elders who sit on their thrones fell before God and worshiped God and started to sing. So this is one of the things I want us to think about as we worship. This coming Sunday, we will have hymns, and we will be invited to sing. 
and we will hear our music leaders sing on our behalf during portions of the service. When we sing, we echo the singing and worship that it goes on in heaven perpetually, according to John. It is our way of participating in that which is yet to come, the perfect relationship with God, the perfect fulfillment of God's promises, perfect harmony in our relationship with God. We don't think of singing in that way, but for us, from our perch in the 21st century, our songs of praise, our hymns, those words that we lift up to God in song are our version of the temple and the ark. They're, they are our imperfect offerings which are mirrored perfectly in heaven. And they're a way in which we cross over between the worship here and the worship of God that we will experience when God's promises have been fulfilled. For the martyrs and the church's suffering that John was writing to, for early Christians who were persecuted for their faith, the act of singing was an act of rebellion and resistance and an act of profound hope that the promises of God would not go unfulfilled, that the powers and principalities of this world would not have the ultimate and final say. So our singing here in our acts of worship is incredibly important in our lives of faith. And we should be grateful to John for reminding us of this truth. Let's pray. Holy God, on this day, we pray that you would be present in our lives and in our hearts. We pray for those in the world this day who are suffering from persecution, from tyranny, who are made to feel powerless, worthless, and alone. We pray that you would be present in their lives and hearts this day as you are in our own. We pray for your guidance and for your strength, for your wisdom, and for the ability to show and share your love in our lives. We pray that you would be with us throughout this day, helping us to be your disciples. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, that concludes our Stress to the Nines for this morning. Tosh will be back tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. As a reminder, we will be off next week. So no Stress to the Nines next week, but I'll be here Thursday and Friday. Until then, peace. Thanks for listening to Stress to the Nines. Be sure to like us and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, peace.